0: Welcome to Hollywood 2.0. This is Peter Katz. On today's show, I'm going to talk to my friend Curtis Silver. He's a journalist who's written for Wired, Fast Company, and many other notable press outlets. And he's a social media know-it-all. So we're going to cover how content creators could use social media to build their business. And we're also going to talk a bit about transmedia storytelling too. So, if you could break down the three most important benefits of social media to these up-and-coming artists what would they be
1: that would be step one awareness announcing that you're here and showing people what you can do whether it be through instagramming whether it be through snapchat small videos youtube there's so many platforms for building a brand in yourself and being able to show that off. Step two would be bringing that around to retention, would be retaining the audience you're building and helping them build your future audience and, and grow your audience. And you do that through continuously interacting with them and they'll tell their friends and they'll tell their friends who will tell their friends who will tell their friends and their friends' parents and you will build a larger audience. And then step three, of course, being the Ferengi method would be profit. And that's when you turn your audience and you convert that into dollars for yourself, for your projects, for your films, because you've built them to enjoy what you're offering so far in small bits. And if you're working on a larger film or a larger album and you need funding for your Kickstarter, you've built an audience, you've built a following who will a good percentage of give you money. And that's basically the end game of that kind of system anyways. So.
0: Yeah, you see a lot of traditional filmmakers that have some kind of name go on to Kickstarter and they can't raise that much money comparatively to someone who has a webcomic, you know, web series, and they have much more of a constant contact with their fan base versus a lot of directors which have to raise money over a pretty long span of time. Eventually, when they return to this audience for crowdfunding, they're not as engaged as more of the creators born online.
1: Right, and, and the thing about creators born online is you know that they're creating for themselves and they're staying true to the art form they want to do it for themselves you know there was that big kerfuffle when zach braff went online and said give me money to make a movie but you know at the core of it he wanted to make a movie that wasn't affected by studio decisions wasn't affected by director decisions it was just it was his art he wanted to express so that made sense even though you know he's a he's a top you know a good celebrity there. But it, but in, in that sense, it's the same thing for, for up-and-comings, for people who have built their following on the web, on YouTube or whatever, to then ask for money in that way and be encouraged to and people be, feel positive about doing it because they're supporting an art form. They're supporting the art and the artist behind it.
0: You have one friend that you hang out with all the time and they say hey i'm moving can you help me you're like all right i'll do it but then you have somebody out of the blue ask for some big favor and you're like come on i don't i don't know you that well and i think that a lot of the types of content that takes a very long time to create those individuals are working so hard to get that going but the other individuals who are actually making something rapidly iterating and learning uh, their audience is much more Engaged and ready to support them because they feel they know them better
1: right and that's the other thing too is there's a lot of psychology involved in it as well in that we feel a connection with not only things we enjoy but these independent artists because when they engage more. And because of what they're doing and how they're doing it, we feel a stronger connection to them. And they stay engaged and they keep that connection. We feel almost like a friendship with them, which is irrational in the human mind, because we're not really friends with these people. Okay? We don't hang out with them, but we feel this 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 kind of thing because we've watched them grow. We've watched them grow from zero to everything. I was watching Bo Burnham on the internet when he was a little kid in his attic doing those videos. Now he's got his own comedy shows. His last show was a huge success. And it's like, you feel this kind of kinship watching them grow. So you stay engaged with that audience. That audience is quicker to support you when you need it.
0: And it reminds me of kind of like a tech startup because when you build one, they don't start with all the features. It just grows based on the feedback and you have like this uh, feedback loop that informs how you build just tech business. But I think that's kind of how a lot of the current content creators are starting to emerge.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they do. They listen to your audience and you know and what makes an audience feel more engaged when the content creator listens to them and acts out their suggestions? You know, I mean, nothing. I mean, nothing makes them more. When when you say, oh, my God, even though you and 200 other people said the same exact thing, and you're like, oh, my God, they're doing what I suggested. Holy crap. I'm amazing. And that just creates that connection that as long as you stay engaged, it will always be there.
0: Let's just talk about community. And uh, what is the biggest misconceptions about being a community manager?
1: I think th- the biggest thing there is is you're not a customer service agent. Community management isn't about customer service. And it's about engagement, period. I mean, that's what it is about. And it is about talking about whatever you're representing or whatever you're managing. It is about keeping that conversation going in a positive forward direction. You have to be very careful. Everything has to be tailored and you have to you know watch what you say. You have to endorse the product without sounding like a salesman. You have to handle talk back and sarcasm and complaints with a smile. But you still have to reply to them and you still have to build that community because you can turn somebody around. And I, I've done it with, with the companies that I've worked with in building relationships with starting at a negative starting point and turning that around. And just, you know, you just keep talking to them, keep talking to them and, and, and build it and find a common interest, find common ground and build it. And, you know, you, you stay away from becoming a customer service agent and saying, I'll look into that. Thank you very much. You, know, you, you, want, you want to you try to stay away from that. You try to keep it conversational and 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 down to earth and never talk down to people. So there's a lot of balancing in how you interact with people when you're talking about community management.
0: How can content creators tell one story across multiple platforms?
1: In order to tell one story over multiple platforms, you have to take that story apart is to take that story and tell part of it on Instagram through pictures, little pieces, clues, hints, okay? Plot devices, you know, Take part of that story and tell it on Instagram pictures because Instagram is for pictures. Take part of that story and tell it on YouTube with video. And these are going to be longer form things, two to three minutes of either a scene or a concept or design, something that's moving, something that takes full advantage of the platform. That's the important part, is taking advantage of each platform that you use and not just posting the same thing on each platform. That's the danger in in that you could take one piece of your story and just post that on each platform uh, you know a uh, 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 little tale on tumblr but it's all telling the same story you want to further your story you want to make it more engaging and the way to do that is to engage the platform and use it for what it's meant to be tumblr is a great platform for these short shareable weird text plus picture pieces that might intrigue people make a mystery out of it and say hey you know follow our instagram feed for prints for this for for more plot devices and you know then put it all together in a video that says you know goes forward with it to move it forward have the conversation going on twitter and then use i don't know facebook i guess but facebook it doesn't move things forward as far as kind of just bookmarks existence as far as i'm concerned what are your favorite social networks and why for me i'll break it down in order of my favorite social networks and why number one is twitter because I make a lot of jokes. I'm ADHD. I always have things to say and they got to come out of my head and it's a great place to promote my writing. So Twitter is number one. That is constantly moving, creating and talking. I love it. Number two for me would have to be Tumblr. The reason being is because I can create anything I want in like an instant and then put it out there and be like, this is this thing. Even if nobody reads it, I can create a blog about what bros are thinking or about shitty maps. Or about a fake travel blog, which is actually quite popular, by the way. That's Heathens of the Plains. and. Just put it out there, and you can write, and you can get that out as far as you're writing, and you can say, I have this thing, and you want, and it will be there as long as you want it to be there. Uh, number three for me would be Instagram, just because I like to take pictures of dumb shit and then tweet it. Uh, I guess brands are using Instagram pretty heavily. I don't really follow any on Instagram because I use Twitter mostly. So uh, Number four would be Facebook because it exists, and number five would be everything else that I don't use. So Facebook's at the bottom. Yes. For me, Facebook is at the bottom. It serves very little purpose for me. I do connect with some people there about things, but very vaguely and very rarely. All my opportunities have come from Twitter. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention LinkedIn. I like LinkedIn when I tell people, uh, here's my resume. LinkedIn has not given me any opportunities, even though I'm connected with thousands of people there and I have put calls for opportunities on there. It has given me nothing. Nothing has come from LinkedIn. Everything has come from Twitter. Do
0: You think Facebook's a good place to promote a movie? Or is it just wasting your time creating a, your own little page?
1: I think – no, no. I don't think it's a waste of time to create your page at all. you got to have a presence and you – Facebook is a great place uh, as a landing spot, a landing page. You, know, you promote it through these constantly moving social medias like Instagram and Twitter that are constantly moving and you point them to Facebook, which is static. And you say here's – and Facebook is where you post your static updates. You know, hey, finished you know, filming today whatever, or whatever or everything that would go on Twitter that people would only see if they're on Twitter in that moment. So Facebook is very static and does serve a purpose in that sense so that you have that constantly because Twitter, you know, it moves at the speed of light. So you could post an update and it's gone in five seconds. And if somebody's not on in that five seconds, they're going to miss that update. But if you've got it on your Facebook page, they're already a fan of your Facebook page. They'll see that update eventually. And uh, Pinterest was never mentioned. Pinterest is a Denny's menu. Okay. That's, that's what Pinterest is. It's got – it's not like you're just seeing one food at a time like Instagram. You're seeing all the foods. So if you're searching for something, you can see all the things and they'll show up on there. So it's very photo-driven. Uh, it's organized in, in – like I say like a social media menu. Okay, all these things are out there uh, and you search for it and it shows up. Was there anything good about MySpace that you missed? My MySpace was was uh, interesting. I think it unfortunately no longer has a place because you know it's been replaced by links to SoundCloud or or whatever. But music was the big thing on MySpace, and I, I didn't think I didn't like the way the friends were set up, and I don't really miss that, but I, I do miss discovering music on there. I, I miss rabbit holing on MySpace and and finding music on there. And I know there's a lot of places for that now, and and you do that on YouTube, and and you know cause all the radio stations have their stuff on there, and you do that on SoundCloud. But I, I did miss it on MySpace. There was something very um, Homey about it that made you kind of feel a little bit more comfortable in what you were doing there. It just I guess it's more nostalgia now than anything else. So you felt that MySpace created a stronger relationship with the musician and the fan. Yeah, I think that that it did definitely bring the fan artist relationship down to a closer level than than just following them on Twitter. It definitely did for that. It felt smaller than it does now. I mean you follow a band on Twitter or Facebook, it feels you're just, you know, you're one of many. But then it you saw your face on the thing and it just there was less people using those systems back then and felt a little more contained like you were in the VIP club. Yeah, you had more of an intimate
0: relationship. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You felt like you were like
0: in the fan club. Last question. Where can everybody see what projects you've been up to?
1: Uh the best place to find where I've been up to is on Twitter. C E B Silver. Charlie Echo Bravo Silver. C isn't Charlie. E isn't echo. B isn't Bravo Silver.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Hollywood two You could follow me on Twitter at Peter One, the number one. And you can also email me at catsfilms at gmail.com. It's K-A-T-Z. Peace out.